0: everyone welcome to the army here podcast show today i'm truly honored to have ran yosef the cmo of combox as my guest ran thanks for being here man thanks for having me Marie. it's a great pleasure being here yeah yes man you know how much i love talking to fellow marketers and um feel free to introduce yourself
1: yeah, sure. So um, my name is Ron Yusef. I'm currently um, a CMO at Combox. I actually started in sales and it was going pretty well for me at the time, but I always had this thing for marketing and lead gen in particular. Um, I always wanted to know how leads are generated, uh, what makes these people click on this ad, what, what is the best way to create demand around your product? So I actually started to dig into this online and to educate myself as much as possible. I guess that lead gen is not the sexiest topic around marketing, but it's for sure the bread and butter of every business out there. Um, at that time, I was luckily enough to get a job as a junior marketing manager. I remember that we were doing a lot of media buying and this marketing channel was really booming at this time. Um, a few years later, I had a real chance to showcase my skills and started to work as a marketing director. I uh, did that for almost four years and then I got this great opportunity at Combox. Uh, for anyone who is not familiar with Combox, Combox is an AI conversational platform for enterprises. Um, we developed Combox with a clear aim of creating an effective dialogue between brands and customers using multiple digital channels and advanced automation. Um, and when I started through around 18 months ago, we were called Bumpyard, and we rebranded our name and we want simply because we wanted to go global. Um, Combox is currently implementing in around 80% of the Israeli market. Okay, nice. you probably interacted with any one of our products <laughs> while browsing uh, through your insurance company, or banks, municipals, international brands, etc. Um, and as I said, in the past 18 months since I came here, we went global and managed to penetrate some large markets. Since then,
0: yeah. So, so, dude, you, you, I know you did an. You, you, I can tell that you're doing an amazing job with them. You're really growing the company. Um, So let's talk a little bit about marketing. Let's get to, let's talk tactics. So what is good, what in your opinion is good marketing?
1: Well, first of all, I think that good marketing is basically when more people know about you today than they did yesterday. It reminds me of an article I once wrote, it's called the road to marketing happiness. I mainly describe the road to marketing happiness as it's not only entails of owning a successful ad campaign or converting prospects on your new landing page or growing your ROI, or anything like that. The fundamental road to marketing habits is essentially measured when other departments within the organization thrive as a result of all marketing efforts, okay? Um, Mainly talking when you see your sales team exceeding their quotas on a regular basis, getting more SQLs, the customer success managing get get awesome feedbacks and effortlessly upsell existing clients. Uh, The SDRs are easily, easily pitching prospects. These are all outcomes of outstanding marketing down the road. Well, Mm -hmm. bottom line, I guess, when everything just become much easier to people around you in terms of cross-departmental success, I think that's what what good marketing
0: is. Oh, that's awesome. So what strategies are you using in CloudBox specifically? I know you guys are not going the traditional route. You guys have your own strategies. Um, And and I think you should share with the audience some of those strategies because it's very uh, untraditional.
1: That that is very true. Well, I guess in Israel, we, we, this is our home base um, country. Uh, it's more of a word of mouth marketing, but you know we want to go global. And as some of you know, Combox is currently still con- considered as a bootstrap company. Therefore, one of the first challenges for me was taking a completely anonymous brand to become a brand you often hear about, and obviously to become a brand you want to do business with. Then we did this by utilizing out-of-the-box thinking. Uh, We stepped into emerging markets. I guess this is very unpopular or untraditional marketing approach in terms of strategy. But in case you do it right and manage to execute correctly, you can really grow and expand your activity in emerging markets. And that's one of the things that was very much important to us. We wanted to go global. Uh, We were looking for uh, different geos, um, in terms of lead generation, in terms of expanding our brand. And I think that the two markets that we were stepping in, are they were the GCC and Latam areas. Uh, personally, I have many years of experience working in these markets, and I strongly believe that entering these markets uh, really helped us grow and expand internationally. Um, we had this very clear strategy very from the beginning, I think. Um, we know exactly what, what we need and, and what needs to be done and when it needs to be done. Um, and I think that this is one of the things that really helped us in, in growing at scale um, using this method. So I guess that the first thing we did is to try and understand the market. We run multiple service um, around our product. We identify their ICP in the market uh, and make sure that we have a strong grasp around our product market fit. The other thing was obviously to find similar solution to ours, understand their approach, their features, their pricing, It's basically our competitors. I think that without this, you can't really even start thinking of stepping into emerging markets. Um, Well, and after all, you do all of this, then you need to understand that the B2B consumer buying habits in the region, okay? Um, What are the exact pain points your product should seamlessly tackle and, and to craft the entire message around that? When we started, we started in English and it was going pretty well, but we know that we had to revamp our message and start localization um we wanted to see better results that's pretty much it you know you always want to scale you always want to see better ri you always want to see better ros and and these are very important measurements when when you run and test and run and test so i guess that localization was key we localized everything our lps ad copies website product tutorials we even hired SBRs, bdrs ADs. Uh, customer service agents to, to serve and, and match the local language. I think that that is uh, what that was the thing that helped us grow uh, in a particular level. Um, and the last thing we did is we really wanted to expand our presence within this market. So we established a SaaS B2B partners program where we really looked for strategic partners in the region. These were, this was like our last stage in the final of stepping into emerging markets and and, step, and really help us in expanding our presence um, and mainly to acquire these really big customers. These really big customers in this market came from partners. The, the power of partners in, in, in emerging markets is they, they're already there, their presence, they have their own client base. They have a lot of connections, they speak the local language. Uh, and I think that companies that know how to do that and leverage this power uh, can win real business.
0: And this is basically how we build our go-to market machine. It's very interesting because a lot of companies they do the traditional route, you know, PR, paid ads, paid media, and such. And then they try to tackle that partnership programs, those kind of stuff. And you guys went straight ahead and started with partnerships before. You did advertising or something else. Am I I right? Um, Yes and no.
1: Um, We started the B2B SaaS partnership programs to acquire uh, more enterprise-level leads um, and and customers. Uh, But we did that in parallel to running ads and in parallel to all traditional marketing approach, combining with ABM, uh, which was a real threat in this matter.
0: So ABM wise, I uh, remember we spoke we spoke about it earlier. Um, what kind of ABM marketing have you done tactic wise? Have you been using ABM for let's say LinkedIn ads or your Google remarketing, or have you done it based on email email uh, remarketing and stuff like that?
1: Well, actually, we did um, some and some. I guess that ABM is is account based marketing is, is one of the best approach. Uh, every company should take. I think that it's not secret that if you're looking to target high level accounts and enterprise level companies, you should probably start with ABM. And thankfully, we have the right technology to support this. The whole theory around ABM is basically, it lets you focus on targeting decision makers in this high level accounts and tailor the right message at every stage they're positioned in the funnel. Um, imagine how amazing it can be if you can show the right message to the right person at the right time. Hmm. This is what ABM is all about. I think that you're actually switching from generating leads the old way to a more highly targeted and optimized marketing approach. Another thing worth mentioning about ABM and, and everything that we did and still doing is that the way that marketing and sales are working together in this. I mean, for me, I speak with other with our sales team around twice a day. Of course that I have all the data and KPIs in place in order to know that my marketing efforts are going all right or not. But I think that there is nothing better than to actually talk to them, ask for their feedback, show them the funnel, Mm -hmm. brainstorm on different ideas. I think that this is paramount for a successful implementation and execution of an ABM campaign. Mm
0: -hmm. Are you guys, uh, ABM wise, are you guys mostly doing lead generation or are you guys showing more undated content that leads to your website, leads to more undated content on your website? Um, how is that approach looking like for you? It's a great question. Uh-
1: Personally, I'm not a great believer. I'm actually against gated content. I don't think that companies should gate content. I don't think it has any value. I'll get to that a bit later. <laughs> um, but in, in, in most likely for our ABM, uh, we, first of all, focused on identifying the right accounts, then uh, understand what will be the right approach within this ABM campaign, uh, how we can acquire them, how we can get their, grab their attention. Um, and that was a, a complete mix, if you're asking, in terms of email marketing or direct messages on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, we did all of that, including personalized emails, including uh, personalization of specific web page within our website. Uh, so there is a whole bunch of it in, in mm-hmm. terms of strategy.
0: Nice, nice. So let me take let's let's zoom out a little bit, and I, I'll ask you this question. Where do you think advertising and marketing in general is going? What do you think is the next, you know, big thing? That's a very good question.
1: Um, Tech-wise, I'm not sure what to answer, but I can say that uh, people will go after people and people will go after experiences. Mm-hmm. The less effort they need, um, the more tailored the message is. Uh, regardless of the channel, I don't think that the channel plays such a vital role in this. I think that people will either go for companies that provide this very exact value they're looking for, okay? Um, We see a lot of different startups trying to do different things. Um, I truly think that if you are narrowing down your ICP, you're focusing on your messaging, your positioning, your strategic narrative, your pricing, your differentiator in the market, it will be much easier for you to acquire customers. That's what we do in Combox. You know, Combox is a quite a, a wide solution, and we have so many different types of sub-products, and we have so many different types of ICPS. So we tailor the exact message that will resonate with the ICP. But we never go all in. We never um, uh, provide a, a wide perspective in terms of marketing. To our audience, because it's it's not going to work. And this is another thing that we see uh, in many early stage startups. They try to go all in. They try to solve ten pain points instead of just focusing on one or two. Um, I really hope that that you know they can make it much simpler. Um,
0: yeah, that's a good point. That's a great point. Yeah, I I, th- I think you said it very well. Um, you're a guy who uh, you were you were a part of an agency before you became in-house for Combox. So how do you think that, what is the main difference between being, you know, um, in an agency serving a lot of clients and being in-house for one specific startup? Um, I can tell Um, you, I can tell you that, you know, I'm uh, obviously running an agency, so I prefer that, but you tell me what you think.
1: Well, I think that each and one of them has its own pros and cons. (laughs) Um, In terms of agency-wise, I'll I'll say that, yes, you get to taste the water, you get to see a lot of different uh, businesses, either if it's an SMBs or enterprises or or mid-size, regardless of the vertical, you really get the chance to see uh, a lot of it. Um, When you serve one business, one industry, I think that you can go more in depth. You can really showcase your abilities. You can really understand how marketing is so much different than doing an agency-based marketing or let's say per client marketing or making it much more focused. Uh, I wouldn't use personal, but I'd say much more focused on one brand.
0: Hmm. Interesting, very interesting then, okay. It sounds good. I have two last questions for you today, okay? The first one is what books or I see you have a library over there. <laughs> what books or or mentors have really influenced you, you know, throughout your journey as a marketer? Well, to be very honest, uh, I don't
1: read books. I know it's uh, probably unpopular opinion within our marketing space. Uh, However, I do read a lot of online. I do uh, participate in a lot of conversations with um, colleagues uh, in the marketing space. Um, But yeah, I can tell you that I read at least anywhere in between 12 to 15 different articles a day. A day? Uh, Yes, a day. Um, Something in around 1000, uh, to 1,200 words, uh, something around that number. Um, yeah, so I think that the majority of, of the knowledge I, I managed to acquire is is mainly uh, listening to uh, different colleagues within the marketing space, uh, read a lot of things, theories, blogs, um, different posts from uh, thought leaders. And most importantly, um, and luckily for people like like me, is that there are such a great marketing marketers out there. Um, so you can definitely uh, stick to one or two and learn from them. Um, for me, uh, you know, when I when I started, is, I stick for guys like Neil Patel and 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 Brian Dean because SEO was a big thing for me. It still does, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it it really was um, one of the uh, major. Uh, things that helped me get into marketing. And um, today I'm I'm more focused on on B2B um, enterprise level marketing. It's a completely different approach. Um, And uh,
0: yeah. Sounds good. Last question for you, man. Today is how do you handle stress?
1: Um, I think that stress is, is something that is either created by you or it's created by your environment. Um, how do you handle it? You just take a deep breath. You understand that nothing's gonna be uh, wrong and everything's gonna be all right, regardless of the outcome. Okay? Because I think that people are tend to look at the outcome and they say, "Well, oh my God, if I'm not gonna do that, this will happen." Hmm. I think that you, people are often overlook at the outcome, and that's not something that you should do if you want to get yourself
0: unstressed. That's good, man. And Yosef, CMO of Combox. Thanks for being on the show, bro. Uh, waiting to keep on you know, talking to you, keep seeing your LinkedIn posts. You bring so much value, so much expertise and keep doing an amazing job. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Omri.
1: Have a great one.